Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. This week, you are listening to Charlie's Corner, a segment hosted by our very own Charlie Venus. As we head into Section 3 of the series with Jackie LaRock, we'll be covering EPL and general market trends from the last six months. Welcome back to all of our listeners. So now moving on to EPL, I would think particularly in light of COVID, that claims are probably going through the roof on the employment practices side. Is that an accurate statement? Anytime there is an economic downturn, there's no question that there's an increase in DNO claims and also an increase in employment practices liability claims. And that's certainly the case here. Um, it's not uncommon when employers are laid off to contemplate bringing an action against their former employer for discrimination, retaliation, wrongful termination, et cetera, in connection with their loss of employment. So underwriters are very concerned about layoffs. They're they're concerned about using counsel in connection with layoffs. However, everyone is aware that given what transpired earlier this year, most companies had at least some reduction in, in staff and maybe they had to terminate or furlough their entire staff. One of the interesting concerns that I've seen from underwriters regarding uh, employment practices liability is whether all previously terminated employees have been rehired. And I thought this was kind of curious, but I realized that the the focus there and with that concern, the concern is a focus on whether there's discrimination and who has been rehired versus who was terminated in the first place. So there's just added focus in COVID questionnaires with respect to both DNL and EPL. There are COVID questionnaires that insureds are being asked to complete in connection with their employment practices liability and DNO renewals that address some of these issues. I'll also say that in the current marketplace, it's very challenging to place any accounts that have not purchased coverage in the past. So for example, if a company decided not to purchase employment practices liability in the past because they thought the premiums were high, their odds of Purchasing that coverage now is going to be very slim because the carriers are not willing to step up and write coverage for a company that has not maintained it for the past year. Similarly, with new buyers, there can be challenges in placing coverage. So the underwriters are concerned about protocols being in place to mitigate COVID-related exposures with employees, obviously. Is there an increased exposure for companies that have taken the PPP loan? Because that was money that was supposed to go directly to the employees. So if if a company takes the PPE loan and then there's layoffs, have any increase in exposure from an employment practices standpoint? Um, I think it has an ex- increased exposure from a from more of a DNO component because the company is not um, applying the funds to the purpose for which they were intended by the government. Um, I think there's likely potential exposure on the employment practice liability side as well, because again, understand these employees can bring actions as whistleblowers alleging that they are terminated, particularly if they know that their company had a PPP loan and didn't retain the employees as required by the loan terms um, enforced by the government. From an EPL standpoint, are you seeing the same market conditions in terms of rate increases, changes in, uh, in limits, increases in retention, as we're seeing in the cyber and the DNO marketplace. Yes, in the employment practices liability sector, there's definitely been changes, as you just mentioned. 
However, those changes have been occurring over a longer continuum than what we've been seeing in the cyber liability arena, which as I said, has been a drastic change in the last few months. In the public DNO sector in particular, which was a which really started in say mid-April of 2020. So employment practices claims have been upticking for years. As of you know, a few years ago, the focus was on the hashtag me too type exposures. So we have been seeing hardening there, but it's again, again, it's been more of a normal um, hardening rather than something that's happened almost overnight, like we've seen in other exposures. So it's been much more gradual there than what we what we're seeing in the DNO and the cyber markets that have taken place in the last four to six months. Correct, correct. And again, we're still seeing more you know tight terms coming out because again, the market overall is tightened. And, and one of the major impacts of the pandemic has been to cause claims across a very very wide spectrum of coverages. And so because of that, I think, I think we're seeing a cumulative impact. So it's not just DNL, it's not just EPL, it's not just fiber, it's not just property or casualty, et cetera. We're seeing the pandemic impact all these lines of coverage at once. So that overall impact is being felt against all these lines of coverage. Um, and the carriers are not seeing much respite in terms of having lines of coverage that aren't being impacted by COVID. But it certainly has impacted certain segments more aggressively, such as public DNO, such as more recently private DNO and cyber. Are there any other lines of business, either on the management liability side or the uh, the professional liability side, that has is having similar impact as to what we've already talked about for uh, for DNO, cyber, and EPL? On the professional liability side, the healthcare sector has been particularly hit. Those insurers that are in the um, senior care space, whether it be assisted living, long-term care, et cetera, um, are experiencing fairly significant rate increases. There is a reduction in capacity impacts that are being felt in the sector. So that's, again, the healthcare sector, obviously impacted by COVID in a very direct way, is seeing some significant changes in their terms. You know, you mentioned earlier that you see it, you saw increased capacity coming into the marketplace, although it's going to take some time. Do you see increased capacity from a professional liability standpoint for industries like healthcare uh, in the next 12 to 18 months? Based on what I read, there are industry veterans that are starting up new facilities um, have been raising capital and, and again, starting new programs, hiring underwriting teams, management teams to jump into the marketplace and take advantage of the current hard market cycle. And this, this is the norm when the market gets hard, additional capacity flows in. Um, there are some existing insurers that are also noticing the opportunity and they have been raising capital and um, building up their teams to take advantage of the current market conditions. And obviously, when there is enough adequate capital in the marketplace that will alleviate the rate pressure um, and insureds will have some respite from the current conditions. But as you said, that takes a period of time. The impact may not be felt for six months to a year or even longer. And from an overall standpoint, what do you see in terms of the transition of business from admitted markets because of all these issues to non-admitted markets? Are you seeing a significant transition right now? Overwhelmingly, there has been a significant uptick in surplus lines 
non-admitted placements as carriers um, that are willing to write risks um, won't write them on their admitted paper with admitted and approved um, terms and premiums. So there's no question that the ENS marketplace has been seen a huge uptick in opportunities and in placements. So that means you're going to be staying busy for the foreseeable future. Absolutely correct. Uh, well, Jackie, is there anything, any other topics uh, that I missed that you think we should uh, we should talk about? Uh, I don't think so, Charlie. I think we we talked through the highlights of you know what is going on now. My recommendations to insurers are to have closed dialogues with your insurance professionals so that you are not caught unaware um, by changes as they're occurring. My recommendations to brokers and agents is to have regular dialogue with your insurers. And as a broker, we are trying to stay very closely aligned with the information that our underwriters are sharing with us. Because again, it's important to stay ahead of the curve and understand the trends that are occurring um, so as to avoid, to the extent possible, any very negative, unexpected surprises. So that is really the challenge. Um, Communication on all on all levels of this industry as we move forward. Well, thanks very much, Jackie. Pleasure having you today and a great conversation. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Charlie's Corner brought to you by Iroquois Group. I am Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join us for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.